SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown, and thanks to to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again for the Friday edition tomorrow at 6 here on South Africa's News and Information. Lead a half an hour of non-stop sporting action coming your way. And uh, it was a pretty busy sporting day if you're in Johannesburg. Obviously, the first test, oh, the third test match, on the first day uh, between the Proteas and Sri Lanka getting underway at the Bidvest Wanderers. It was also day one, round number one of the uh, South African Open, the BMW South African Open, the Glendower Country Club. We'll be chatting about those two today as well. And there's some news on the Keegan Dolly story. We've got that coming up, an exclusive interview with Keegan Dolly's dad uh, later on in this evening's show as well. So stick around for that. But let's start with uh, the story-making headlines today. The the Proteas uh, getting day one off to the best possible start. Uh, 338 for three. They were at stumps on day one. A full 90 overs of play was possible in Johannesburg. Today, Hashim Amla not out overnight on 125. And the debutant, Dwayne Willefied, uh, being sent in as the night watchman. He is on naught, not out. JP Dumini losing his wickets close uh, before the end of play. Fantastically played, 155 from him. We'll chat to Johan Leroux in a short while to find out exactly how things transpired there. The South African women's cricket team have handed Bangladesh an 86-run defeat in their first of five one-day internationals at the Cox's Bazaar. Lazelle Lee top scored for South Africa, 87, as they reached 251 for three in their 50. Bangladesh were restricted to 165 for six. In other test cricket news, only 40 overs bowled on day one of the first test between New Zealand and Bangladesh at the Basin Reserve in Wellington due to poor weather. The visitors lost the toss. They were sent into bat and reached 154 for three at Stumps. It was the first round of the BMW South African Open at Glendower. Today, Trevor Fisher Jr. and Keith Horn shared the lead. They're both on six under. They have a one-stroke advantage over the chasing pack. Five players in there, including Rory McIlroy, who shot a 66 today. Northern Irishman was pretty chuffed with his opening round. With thousands of spectators lining the fairways for his 10 past 7 tee-off time in the BMW SA Open, world number two Rory McIlroy didn't disappoint as he opened with a five under par 67 to be one shot off the first round lead. McElroy turned in four under after making four straight birdies from the 14th and although there were a few loose shots coming in the Irishman declared himself satisfied with his start in this championship yeah. We'll hear more from Michael Flissman a little bit later 2017, uh, obviously quite pleased um, the condition of the course was great obviously perfect conditions weather-wise not much wind um, you know, there was a score to be, to be had out there I think you know, 67 and I'm pleased with, but you know, I feel like if you, if we get conditions like that the rest of the week, you know, I can definitely go lower. Uh, in uh, football news, Mamelodi Sundowns coach Pizzo Mosimani says the Brazilians are right on track to defend their title this year. The league, which is currently on a six-week break due to the 2017 AFCON, is allowing Sundowns a chance to recuperate after a pretty hectic 17-month timetable. The coach says the log isn't a true reflection of their current situation. We are not looking at the log table. The log table will deceive you. And the log table will put you stress. And you'll get a lot of draws because you are worried and, and you, are, you, are, you, are looking, you are looking at the log table. People are, are stressed with log tables. We don't look at the log table. We look at our blocks which is five games, and at the moment, we are on par with five games. Despite being right on track, the coach feels it'll be difficult for them to replicate the 71 points they collected last season. I don't think we'll, we'll reach 71 points like last year, because Stuart Buster and Gavin said Sundowns won uh, 
get 71 points like they got last year. And I agree with them, they are right. But they also won't get what they got last year. You understand what I'm trying to say? And, and I don't think they are... Maybe they are on the same page as us this year, but I don't know. I think we can only measure the lock with the same equal number of games. Then we can measure the lock. But for now, no. Good news for Gunners fans. Arsenal trio of uh, Olivia Giroud, Lauren Koscielny and Francis Coquelin have all signed new contracts that will keep them uh, with the club. Some sad news out of England is that uh, former England Aston Villa and Watford manager Graham Taylor has passed away at age 72. And finally, in some tennis news, unseeded Daniel Evans upset top seed Dominique Thiem 3-6, 6-4 and 6-1 in their Sydney International quarterfinal clash. Up next on SAFM, we'll chat some golf. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, we head to the East Rand of Johannesburg now. First round of the BMW South African Open has concluded. Michael Flismas was there. Uh, Michael, some low scoring. Uh, we, we thought the players would be attacking the pins, but it sounds like conditions were perfect today. That's exactly it. They were perfect. It was, uh, it was there to be had today, and uh, the low scores were out there. And uh, I certainly think Rory McIlroy felt that. He was, he was satisfied with his 67. But uh, as he himself said, if the conditions stay like this for the next couple of rounds, he, uh, he would uh, expect himself to shoot a lot lower and feels it's, it's definitely there for the taking. So perfect conditions today. Not a breath of wind. The course uh, soft, very receptive. And, uh, and as you said, that allowed the players to really attack the flags. The greens were quite firm at some point in the day, and, and, and Keith Horn, who's retired for the lead with Trevor Fisher Jr., saying that, that he felt some of them were soft, but some of them were quite hard out there. But, uh, but overall, a wonderful course, a wonderful start to this championship. Defending champion Brandon Stone didn't have the best of days, though. It was a very difficult day for him. Uh, two over past 74, and uh, he joined Vernie Alf on that total for, for the first round. And, it, uh, it, it, you know, I think it must have been very difficult out there. You know, it's, uh, it's trying to retain your focus. He was playing in, uh, in the same three ball with McElroy, George Couture there as well. And uh, there, were, there were literally thousands of people out there today, and they were lining the fairways. They were five deep on the tee boxes. And it just gives you, you know, a bit of an understanding of, of what it's like playing with a player who draws those kind of crowds, it, it can be quite distracting for your own game. You just think of, of the players that have played with Tiger Woods over the years and, and, and the hordes of fans that, that he would draw. You know, it, it is very tricky. You know, it's, it's, it's tricky for the marshals out there. Once once a McElroy has finished, the crowds tend to move on and, and, and there's still other players in that group that have to either putt out or play a shot and so on. So... I think a little bit of focus was, was, was lacking on the part of, of Stone, but uh, you know, he shot that 61 on Monday. There should be no difference come the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Someone else who's two over after the first round is former pro tier, Johan van der Vats, who's playing in his first uh, BMW <laughs> South African Open. It's, I, I heard them talking about it at the cricket today, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. He didn't take up a cold pack agreement. He's decided to play some golf. <laughs> well, if you've seen the prize money in golf these days, I think there's more money in golf. So yeah. But uh, but certainly a great start by him. You know, I remember catching up with him at the Vodacom Origins in session, uh, in sort of middle of last year, and he was playing there as well. And uh, yeah, he's got big plans for. He's just he's fanatical about the game of golf, and he he said he was always more passionate about golf than he was about cricket, and uh, that's where his heart has always been. And you know he's been trying for a couple of seasons now, and yeah, fantastic to see him uh, in the in the SA Open. Uh, isn't that just what, what what makes a national open such a great 
great event. You know, you get such great stories like this because, you know, if you if you've got the game, you can you can you can make it into this field. And uh, yeah, he, he he's got plans. He was even talking to me about uh, setting up a golf academy, and uh, he's just he really is just besotted with a game of golf. <laughs> it's amazing. He's obviously a great striker of the world because who can forget that 35 of 18 that he scored in in the famous 438 at the Wanderers. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, again, you know, he's, he's had so many great moments. And I still, I asked him and I said to him, you know, you, you've had so many great highlights in, 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 in your cricketing career. And, and there was still a sense that, that it, it, it wouldn't compare to, to, uh, you know, a, a really low round on the golf course. You know, that's, that's his, his passion for this game and his desire to really do well in it. We're going to be watching that one closely. Michael Flissman, thank you very much. We'll chat again tomorrow. Second round gets underway bright and early once again. Uh, thank you for your time. Coming up next, we'll head uh, to the Bidvest Wanderers to find out what happened at the cricket with Johan Leroux. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. Where great South Africans are, good times and great food are there. Sunfoil, uh, this live test cricket crossing action uh, brought to you uh, by Sunfoil. Now we're cooking. Johanna Roo joins us. Uh, Johanna, it was a great day if you're a South African supporter. Not so much uh, for Sri Lanka. Uh, I'm surprised that we chose to, 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 to bat after winning the toss, particularly that we went in with all pace attack, but it paid off. Yeah, great day for South Africa. At one stage, a little bit worrying for Fassi because, like you said, he did win the toss. He decided to bat, to back rather his batsman and to, to bat first. Uh, at one stage, the project had a little bit of trouble at 45 for the loss of two wickets in the first session. Uh, before lunch, when Stephen Cook was dismissed for 10 and Dean Algar for 27. But what an unbelievable partnership by Hashim Amla and JP Dumini. And uh, both of these two batsmen have been under some pressure to score runs. In particular, Hashim Amla, uh, it is his 100th test, but a lot of people have been calling for him to, to be dropped and saying that he's not fulfilling that number three role in the batting order anymore. But uh, an unbelievable way for him to respond and, and just a great way for him to celebrate his 100th test match. Uh, and in particular, Hashim Amla style, not really celebrating too much, uh, just a, a, a mild uh, uh, celebration from him. And it just shows the kind of person that he is. He didn't want a lot of attention on himself during this week, uh, building up to this test. Uh, he said it's all about the Proteas and trying to get that clean sweep. It's not about him. But he really is a special player and a special person as well, uh, ending the day on 125 without loss. Uh, J.P. Dumini eventually lost his wicket for 155 late in the day. He also responded very, very well to some people criticizing him and saying that when A.B. de Villiers comes in, J.P. Dumini is the one that needs to make way. But uh, a great way for the Proteas to end the day, 338 for the loss of three wickets. And uh, also a great introduction for Dwayne Willifield making his test debut and uh, being asked to fulfill that night watchman role, and he did it superbly. He only had to face four deliveries, uh, but he's still there, so he did his job. Johan, you mentioned J.P. Dumini and, and the pressure that he's been under. You, you could see his relief at getting that 100. He, he would have been disappointed with some of the starts he's got early on in the series and, and hasn't kicked on, where, where Hashim Amla has been very out of form. Uh, Dumini's had the opportunity to get big scores, and he hasn't really kicked on, and, and he did it today. Yeah, he, he did, but uh, it kind of looked like a different J.P. Dimney that came to the crease today. He, he looked determined, but he, he also looked in control of his entire innings. Yeah, he played aggressively from the start. It kind of was uh, the attitude of 
uh, if, if, if I didn't know better, I, I would have thought maybe somebody told him that uh, this is your last uh, test match for the South Africa to go out and, and go big because that's really the way that he looked. He looked in con- uh, he just looked like he was he was having fun and, and playing aggressively and, and it paid off for him. And uh, you did, yeah, you did mention, I think he got a 50 in, in PE, but the rest of the innings in the series, he got starts, he got the 20s and 30s, but he never really kicked on. But today he did it superbly. I think it, uh, I think it was his second highest test score, if I'm not mistaken, 155. So, uh, a great way for him to shut up, to, uh, to, to keep the critics quiet. Johan, as far as Sri Lanka's uh, position now, they tunnel down in the series. they literally been walloped today. I mean, it was a tough day out there for them. How do they bounce back from this and, and avoid that series whitewash? I don't think there's a way for them really to come back. Uh, definitely not this match. Uh, of course, the test series is already... Uh, secured by the proteas. I think what the coaching staff of Sri Lanka has, are going to, their next focus should be to try and focus on those T20s and to try and focus on the ODIs because they need to somehow forget about the test matches because the team that showed up from Sri Lanka in those matches really didn't look like they were willing to fight for victories and uh, it just seemed like they were at the end of, of a long uh, tour and it's only the beginning of a long tour. So uh, I don't know how they bounce back from this. Uh, I think that uh, the coaching staff have their work cut out for them and Angela Matthews has his work cut out for him as, as captain as well. Uh, he kind of seems like the only one who's really been standing out for Sri Lanka as well as Kumara who's also been uh, bowling very well. But uh, even someone like Rangana here, I think they've always been able to rely on. He's trying his best, but the conditions don't suit spin bowling, so he's always going to have a, a struggling time. He, he was punished a little bit uh, with the bat today. So it is very difficult. I actually don't know how Sri Lanka will come back from this. Uh, I don't think that there's any way that they will win this test match um, or just even come and try and force a draw. They just haven't shown that they are willing to fight for that. We'll have more from the cricket tomorrow throughout the day here on SAFM. Make sure you stay tuned. Up next, we'll hear from Keegan Dolly's father some interesting developments around his contract negotiations. Imagine a life where every need is met. A life where you are in control. Where knowing what decision to make is a fact and not a risk. Mancosa graduates don't just dream, they make it happen. Mancosa, South Africa's leading distance education institution. For more information, visit www.mancosa.co.za or SMS Mancosa and your email address to 34745. Mancosa, dream it. We'll take you there. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Well, on to some football now here on SAFM Sport Trap. And don't forget, you can be in touch. Just uh, look us up on social media at SAFM Radio. You can find me as well at Big Brad Brown. Keegan Dolly's hopes of landing an overseas deal received a major boost today when French League One Giants Montpellier submitted a new offer at 1.7 million euros. It's an offer that meets the buyout clause that Mamelodi Sundowns is requesting, and indications are the club is strongly considering it. SABC Sport understands that Greek Giants Olympiakos, who had their 1 million euro offer turned down are likely to come back with a better offer than Montpellier's last Sundown's buyout clause, standing at 1.5 million pounds, and they say they want it paid in a lump sum. Meanwhile, we can also reveal that the Dolly Camp is appealing the PSL dispute resolution chamber outcome which ruled in favour of Sundowns on that buyout clause issue. SABC Sport journalist Valile Mbule had an exclusive interview with Keegan Dolly's dad, Ramon, who also works as a client liaison for the intermediaries who represent the Bafana Bafana International Sia Vuma Sports. And uh, up front, Valile asked him how Keegan's feeling throughout this whole matter. 
had this opportunity to go and express himself on the world stage. I know that um, he had wanted to go already last year, but at that time the club had not won the African Champions League and we spoke to him and he felt that he wants to win the Champions League also and then he can go. Was he upset when he first heard that the club is taking him to the DRC? Yeah, he was very, very disappointed. He called us as a company, called me as a father and asked, what did he do wrong? Why must he go? Why is he summoned? Why, why, what's the matter? What's wrong? He didn't do anything wrong. And then we tried to explain to him what's the reason because of where things went wrong is the buyout clause on his contract. And we saw it as this is for him to go, a chance for him to go to, go to Europe. And uh, they claimed a mistake, sundowns, and we went to court, we, to the DRC. And things just went wrong, wrong. Not from our side, from Sundown side. And as a, speaking as a father now, not as a worker for the agency company, uh, as I can see, everything is wrong and mostly I'm disappointed because Sundown is a so-called so big club and the way they're handling this matter. Because they never came to us and said, can we discuss this thing? They just went straight on to the DRC and calling Keegan for something he didn't do. And it is very disappointing. The club is claiming only one change in the bout clause. But I understand that is not exactly the case. Okay, uh, there's a f let, let me start by the beginning. When they were interested in Keegan, we really, as a family, we didn't want Keegan to go back to Sanos. We really, we, we struggled to get him out when he was a junior at Sanos because of I don't want to go into detail because it was a mess. It was a mess as a junior already. But they keep on pressing, they keep on pressing, they want Keegan, they want Keegan. And we sat, sat down as a family and as a company, we discussed what is the only way good for Keegan. It's a buyout clause. There's the only way we would let Keegan go back to Sanos. It's the buyout clause. And at the time, they didn't want to put it in, but eventually... They came around and they said, all right, we, we, will, we will go with the buyout in a contract. And my director, Paul Mitchell, he, he was doing the negotiations with Tugeshing. And before anything, he would come back to me as a father, say, should, or what should we do and what are we doing it and how are we going to approach it? And then we discussed the matter and then we came out with this figure in the buyout clause. It was around 750. And it was a grieving principle. And we, 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 they accepted, like, okay, fine. And on the last day, he flew down to Cape Town with a contract. Keegan must sign it. And Keegan Wasser, working with us, uh, is a management director of Siabuma Sports Group. And then uh, we had to sign it. All of a sudden, there's a phone call from Patrice. Uh, the buyer close, he wants it for 1.5 million pounds. Uh, it was a shock for us. Uh, why now we agree as professionals as we are professionally? With the, and how is it, why, what went wrong? I wasn't available. Paul wasn't available. But we went. We were in contact through the phone. We called each other and went around discussing, putting our heads together. Must we sign it? Or 
En deze fokkieën zijn het Ajax, het was spinners, let me say it straight. En voor two playing three years in a PSL, already for Ajax, it was, it was, it was not good for him. En his work rate was there, he needed more. En we decided, oké, okay, voor hem is het goed, let's sign a contract. Voor nu, let's sign it, it's fine. Maar uh, in de contract, dus I know, de amount that in this second contract of 2015 was the, the real, the, the amount that was in the first contract which we agreed on. And all of a sudden, it's a mistake and I don't know how can you make a mistake like that. Honestly, I'm not a lawyer, but there was two lawyers involved. You guess thing, and the, another lady, her surname I think is governor, they handled this contracts. Are you telling me uh, they couldn't pick up the mistake then, after 17, 16 months? Now there's a call. Uh, uh, okay, what I think, they never thought that a European club would come for Kiga. Then now they're claiming it's a mistake. And more on these changes, Ramon? They, they claim the one mistake. It's a whole new closet. But the currency changed. There's a date in the in 2015's contract. There's the amount has changed. Uh, there's a lot of things that's, that's, it's like ten, nine changes. There's different wording, sentences is different. Uh, no, like I said, we accepted it. We, like we accepted the first contract we signed in 2014, and now we accepted the one in 2015. And they accepted it because both attorneys signed. You guess and governor signed. Keegan Dolish was alone with none of us there. And he signed alone. And how can it be a mistake? Where does the mistake come from? How could you say there's one mistake when there's a whole different clause? Everything is changed. The whole lot. What we don't understand is, apparently even during the DRC hearing, it was said that the club used a template that had been used for other players. Now this would sound like something that is very anormal, especially when this is a new contract for a certain player. On this issue, we heard that, that that's actually the defense. But in my, I, I, I just can't get my head around it. I can't believe a club like Sundowns can use three different players' contract and take peace from each one for a close, a buyout close. They, that's why they say they use three different players. I can name them. Tabun Tete, Kadbit uh, Malajila, and Kumbeni. I'm not sure of the name. And they use their templates to make a buyout clause uh, cl- uh, for Keegan. And whereas they had a hard copy of Keegan, the, of the contract, where they, they, they could have they paid him through that contract, but they couldn't sort out the buyout clause on his contract. Why would you go and use three different players' contracts to make up a buyout clause? So for me, uh, there's their story, but I think that's fabrication. There's, there's no truth in that. There's something wrong, and that tells me really there's something wrong with that. Now, Ramon, let's talk about the TRC hearing and the processes including the outcome. What's your take on that? Uh, firstly, I sat there for two days, listening. I never went out when the procedure went on. Uh, the interviews, 
Portuguese and governor and Paul self, Paul Mitchell. Uh, the outcome for me was, what can I say, it was not fair. Let me say it was not fair. It was not honest because their, their, their evidence and what we know and it was totally not right. And because of, I think that the head of legal of the PSL, some of his, the, the guys of that company represented Sundown. So that doesn't make sense for me. It was obvious we were going to lose because of that situation. They alone. The head of legal of the PSL is representing Sundowns in this case. Where can we win? Obviously, you've spoken to Keegan, and according to the award, who was he with when he signed the contract? Uh, the second contract, 2015. He was alone. He just went in. We called him because you guessed, told Keegan Wasser, uh, please let Keegan come sign it because none of us is available uh, in good faith. That means we should trust him, and we trusted him for Keegan to come and sign. There wouldn't be anything wrong with the contract. And he went, and they just gave him the contract. He went to an office and signed a loan, and he left. That's what, because I asked him the very day, same night about what the, uh, about the contract, why and what, and he explained to me. So, in some defense, I hear... Uh, there was people with him signing, there was two contracts available, so I don't know. I know he, why would he lie to me, he has nothing to gain on his lies. Now, Ramon, fortunately you work for the company Siafuma as well. In the press conference that we attended, Mr. Mutsipe mentioned that amongst the board members there was a suspicion of bribery in this whole thing. What was your guys' reaction to this? Okay, we as a company, we, we don't work for Sunhouse. We don't know what they say internal business is. We don't know. We just went with what they said in a contract and we signed. What they did, they drew up the contract. We're not aware of that. We, my company's been working, Paul Mitchell, long in this business of football, dealing with contracts. And we also got a call on the second day. We held a meeting with Yugesh uh, and Sizwe. Uh, and the meeting went fine. No one in that meeting, they, 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 had, they had a contract. They said, yes, when we came in, Cesar introduced himself to me because we don't know each other and told me a bit of himself, how long is he busy with football in this game and all this sort of thing. And then he told me he had a contract of Keegan and he has a contract of the, 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 the offer from Olympiacos. In that meeting, and then he introduced himself, told me about himself, and then he asked, he pleaded actually with us, with me, with Mr. Mitchell, to ask, please guys, I have the contract of Keegan here, and I have the offer from Olympiacos. Uh, what I'm asking you guys is, we in this finals of the Champions League, we in this other finals, we have Vets beat them, and they have the Club World Cup. Can they hang on to Keegan until everything is done, and then we can go further with the European thing, with Olympiacos. And we told them it's fine, we can go away here and we will talk about it, and you guys can discuss the, the contract that they offer from Olympiacos, and then we can come to agreement eventually. And that we left.
No one told us anything.